You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career. But look at him smiling. We go my man. Another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach. And we are a Carmelo Anthony stand podcast and occasionally talk fantasy basketball. But Natty, we did it. Carmelo Anthony <laughs> is back in the NBA and is playing basketball as we speak. I'm so glad that we injured all those trailblazers and forced them to make such a desperate move. This is easily <laughs> that was a really good plan. The greatest moment in podcast history. There's, there is nothing that will overcome this after basically spending all of the entirety of this podcast's creation, all NBA off season, the whole nine yards talking and being like hyping up Carmelo Anthony. I mean, he is the, 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 namesake for this show let's be honest here he's in the intro man like now and now he's here starting he's starting oh my god because of injury like dame lillard never takes off games so this sucks he's obviously hurting if he's not starting especially since portland is in such dire straits yeah but (laughs) it's i mean this is what it takes to get Carmelo Anthony back into basketball apparently and it's sort of funny that it's the synchronicity between him and Kaepernick like Kaepernick just worked out for teams and if someone gets desperate enough I guess that maybe they'll hire him uh it's it's great to have him back in basketball both those guys should be playing and should have been playing this whole time I really hope he does well and Mello looks so fucking sick in the Blazers in the flag. double the double zero. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. So Mello spelled double zero. He like gave an interview to uh the Syracuse News, I guess. And so Carmelo Anthony is wearing double zeros as his jersey now, um, which he's never done before. And the Syracuse.com story said in an Instagram post, Anthony explained that he chose double zeros because it resembles the sign for infinity, quote a number greater than any assignable quantity or countable number, end quote. This guy's a fucking genius. He's working at a mind level that we can't (laughs) comprehend. Like, countable number is just so fucking awesome. It's that the idea that there are uncountable numbers is great. Oh my God, it's fucking incredible. In the story, Carmelo also referenced God, quote, Alpha and Omega, end quote, (laughs) and the chance to have a new and great beginning with a past left behind where it belongs. And I fucking second that. Carmelo Anthony is a good basketball player. Yes. Like, not on defense, but there's a ton of players who are not good on defense. Carmelo Anthony has never shot below 40% from the floor for a season. He's a career 44 field goal percentage, 34 three-point percentage. Right now, on Portland, Kent Bazemore, 
who's fifth in field goal attempts on the team over the last two weeks, is shooting 36% from the floor. Mario Hazonia, who Mello is basically replacing, is shooting 33% from the floor. And Nas Little, who, you know, is obviously young, over the last two weeks, he's been shooting 33% from the floor. They need Carmelo Anthony's offense more than they give a shit about defense. Oh, definitely. And obviously, like, we love Mello. So, so, and sh- yeah. so, should, so should everyone in the NBA. I, in fact, dropped Aaron Bain so I could add Mello in my league and then it instantly changed my team name to Hoodie Mello with all the zeros I could possibly fit into the title. Good um, for you, humble th- brag. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> but what, what I wanted to do is I wanted to, give, I wanted to give some realistic expectations for him this year, other than obviously setting an NBA, uh, the double-double record and leading the league in scoring. Yeah, most improved player? Are you kidding? Right, I think these he are all... He hasn't played in a calendar year. <laughs> these are all givens for him. But you, but you, I think this is a great place to start in looking at who else on the Trailblazers are there. Like, who is he replacing? And if you look at it, I don't think it's crazy to think that he's going to walk into. And of course we're watching the game right now and, and we'll get a better sense of what maybe his role can be. I mean, it's one game, but we'll see how it plays out. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if he walks into like 15 to 20 shots a game. I mean, McCollum leads the team with 20 uh, field goals attempt per game. Dame is 19.9 and Hassan Whiteside is next with 10.5. Like, What's to stop Melo just basically working right be- between Hassan and Dame? And as a, like you said, he in his 30s, so the last, what is he, 36 now? The last six years, I think. He, uh, 43% shooter, 35% from three. Like if he's shooting 15 to 17 field goals a game and he's shooting 43%, like that's, he's got true value. He is absolutely who they need. I mean, it would well, be nice about if this his all the defense time. was better. Obviously. Well, everyone's <laughs> been everyone's been like everyone's been like, oh, Kevin Love would make a ton of sense to the Trailblazers, and Kevin Love, I think, is I don't want to slander Carmelo, but maybe a step up a little bit, slightly. But Melo like fits in perfectly to exactly what this team needs, which is a stretch four, somewhat an offensive four. Dude, they just need someone who can shoot the basketball. <laughs> like it doesn't matter if you're fucking five two. These guys, I can't fucking believe how many people on this team are shooting under 40% from the floor. It's really upsetting. Uh, CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard and Hassan Whiteside have been the team. Right. Like Rodney Hood is there and he's been, you know, totally fine. He's uh, he's shooting 50% from the floor, actually. Um, but Kent Bazemore, Hazonia, like the dudes that have had to step up and play a position above their regular one because Portland's front court is so gross. Uh, they just haven't been doing well. And right. Mello's contract is non-guaranteed. So like if he's not doing better than Mario Hizonia, then they'll just get rid of him. But odds are that he will be. Or at the very least, he's going to bring some sort of like elite. Like, yeah, I think he's just, yeah, you're right. He's going to be better. I was going to say, I was going to be like, he's going to bring a leadership mentality to this team, which sure he might. But I also think that, yes, he is just a better player than Hizonia. Well, nobody in the NBA wants to win harder than Carmelo Anthony does right now. So um, Portland is ravaged by injuries, you know, like there's opportunity here. Um, I think that if Dame, like hopefully he's just totally fine and just needed a day off. Um, if, If Dame and McCollum are cooking, 
like I think that Mello will defer because it's like you know this is not your team right now you just got here like even if you turned out to be the third or fourth best player on the team like you you can't just come in and demand the ball I don't think um so I think Carmelo is just going to try to fit in uh I expect 10 points per game is his floor uh and that will rise over the course of the season like over the next week, I kind of feel like he'll have a 20-point game. But having said that, he's he hasn't played for a while. Rust would be totally natural. That three he sank right at the beginning of the game. Gorgeous. I really th- – I, I, like, almost didn't see it for a second, and then there was a swish. Like, I sort of thought that he had missed <laughs> it real bad, and then it just, like, swished through. I was like, whoa, like, whoa shit. What? Did the net just move independently of the ball? or But his first shot in? of the game was a really terribly placed uh, – it wasn't even a long two. It was just a mid-range shot, and it's like you didn't need to do that. Um, but Portland – actually, both these teams, the Pelicans, are ravaged by injuries too. Like there's – everybody's been hurt except for Drew Holiday. Yeah. And he missed two games. So, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I turned the game off to do this, but um, Mello – it would be so weird if he didn't fit, you know, like, Oh yeah. The expectations are so low to be better than what they, than what Portland has had so far. And Melo's really smart. He knows where to be and what to do, you know, like, well, and I think people love to look at the rockets and his falling out there. And that, that is the last taste that we have of Melo in the NBA bus that ran over him driven by Daryl Morey. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That, that one, one in the same, but if you look at his thunder season, right. Played a full season for the Thunder, 16, uh, 5.8 and assist and 1.2 stocks. That yeah. is a very productive stat line. And you're joining a team that's second in field goal attempts and eighth in three-point attempts right now at the Blazers. Like, there is this team is just jacking up shots, and Carmelo is the king of jacking up shots. How is this going to be a bad marriage? The... I mean, the only reason I can see for them not keeping him around or playing him is that he just absolutely positively sucks on offense. And from the first quarter, it didn't really seem that way. Yep. So I think there's something to be said for older, smarter players. Like these guys, like Melo's been staying in shape, you know, he's been like ready to play. Um, And guys that know what to do and where to go and where their hot spots are on the court, like where they know they can get points mm-hmm. or I mean, his post game isn't terrible either. You know, like he, he can shoot from all over. Uh, he's one of the best offensive players of his generation. And I, you know, it would, it would be really weird if he sucked ass. So I think he's going to be on the team for the rest of the year. And I think he's going to do well. I'm hoping for 15 points a game. I don't really know, like, if Whiteside starts losing shots, then he's just going to be a real big pain in the ass, and I don't really think he can afford that right now. So I do think that Carmelo will defer to the other three guys on the team. But, like, there's nobody else. Right, and I I guess, yeah, I don't even think that he's really going to eat into anyone's production. I mean, he's just going to eat into, like, the scrubs on this team. Like, you know, and that's fine. And some of the scrubs are just young players, like Anthony Simons and um, fucking who's the other young dude? Whatever. Oh, Nas Little. Sorry. Mm. Um, like you, 
you'd rather have these guys are the Portland Trailblazers were saying, you know, Western Conference finals are bust before the season started. That's what they expected to do. They're out of the playoffs right now. They don't look good. They're ravaged by injuries. Mello is a guy that is not going to fuck up your system. Like he can, you can just plug him in. He knows what he's doing. He knows what the plays are. Um, And as long as his conditioning is good and he can play 25 or over minutes per game, he'll get the volume. Yeah. Like, of course you're going to pass. It's Carmelo Anthony. And he's only 22% owned in, in ESPN leagues. And so like, I just think that he's, I I think that he's a shoe in for legit fantasy production at the very least these next couple of weeks. Like I, I not, would not be surprised if obviously there are bumps in the road, uh, if minutes kind of get readjusted, if he, you know, whatever, two, three months into the season, he starts getting tired. He is, you know, mid to late thirties, but right now, coming into this league, coming into this season, presumably in basketball shape and like super fucking stoked to be on a team. I don't see how he can't start off like with a pretty good, uh, a pretty good level of production for you, particularly since the trailblazers, I feel like don't have that bad of a, of a remaining schedule this weekend and probably moving forward. And everybody in the whole world, including your competitors, is, is rooting, rooting for you. you. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants to see Melo do well. Yeah. Like how nobody wanted. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, he was done wrong by Houston and then teams just get scared off. Uh, and it took a seriously desperate team. Like we shouldn't call the Blazers, you know, some virtuous, like, oh, yeah, well, we just respect right, Carmelo right. so much. They were forced into this, you know, a week ago, they weren't doing it. Um, And now they have to, because he's the best available option. So it's perfect timing for everyone around and there's no guarantees. Um, And hopefully I would, I mean, I would love to see Portland in the playoffs. uh, So hopefully Mello does an adequate job. At least I I would be shocked if he uh, didn't do that. Yeah. Um, okay, Natty, let me give you uh, two, let me give you a couple names of guys. These are all guys in the top 100 on ESPN player rated. And I want to see just kind of where you are feeling like Mello could be, because these are all guys who are available in most leagues. And I just want to like off the top of the head, no preparation. What is your vibe and thoughts for Mello going forward? So we'll start fan favorite of the podcast, PJ Washington. 53 on ESPN player rated, 32% owned. (laughs) Who would you rather have? Who would you rather be getting if you have an open roster spot? PJ or Mello? Asshole. I know. Um, I've got two more for you. That's such a rotten bastard thing to do, (laughs) Pete. Uh, I, I would go with PJ Washington for this reason. Okay. I think his volume is greater than Carmelo's. Like, PJ Washington is going to get minutes and shots on his team and he doesn't really need to defer, you know, like he looks like he's one of the cornerstones of the future of that franchise. He looks great. I love him. Yeah. He does look really good. And we'll talk about him more later in the pod. Just a little spoiler alert. Oh, nice. Um, And Mello, 
while I think he'll get his shots, you know, like gun to my head, I'm going with the fucking rookie who looks fantastic over the 36 year old. <laughs> a bold. What, a bold what do you move. think? Oh, I, I agree with you. I agree with you on that one. I, I think that I think PJ Washington has shown too much already and he's a young player on a young team. That's going to just keep force feeding minutes and, and touches yeah. and playtime to him. And so while I do love Mellow and of course is on my team and PJ Washington is not on my team, I just had to get Mellow because I mean, you got to do it. Uh, I think if you're actually being a smart fantasy owner, PJ Washington is the move. What is your feeling about Glenn Robinson, the third who's 98 <laughs> in ESPN player rater and is 10% owned in ESPN leagues. I would rather have Carmelo, but some of that is, some of that all of it is belief (laughs) it's all just total bias um and if you're paying attention glenn robinson the third is also getting volume (laughs) you know there's nobody on there's no one else right now um so why so for that reason why am i choosing mellow over him when i just chose another young player because of volume over carmelo um, I think Carmelo's just a better player, and I think that he'll, you know, be scoring 15 to 17 points, sort of at least. Um, and GR3 doesn't score that much. Mm-hmm. So, all things being equal, like I think Melo, uh, you know, is he going to be 80% owned in a week? He could be. Sure. Why not? Yeah. And GR3, like, there's just there's so much misery in Dubstown <laughs> and it's really hard to believe in any of these guys because everybody knows like they're the Warriors haven't been getting high draft picks, you know, like these right. are the right. young players that have been available to them. Everyone's cheap because they were discards. So um, yeah, I'll go with Carmelo over GR three, but I love him. I love Glenn Robinson. No, I agree. I agree. And I agree with your thought process there too. I think that, if you're looking at a player on the Warriors who is the must own outside of um, obviously D'Angelo Russell, I still think it's yeah, Eric Paschal and Draymond. I still think it's Eric Paschal. Um, but I, I like everything you've said and I we're toning in exactly where we think. Basically this is an exercise to see where we think right now as Melo is stepping on the court for the first time in the, in the NBA season where he's going to fall into the ESPN player Raider. We've aside, decided that he is not a top 50 player because we would take PJ Washington over him. We would decided that he is a top hundred player because we would take him over Glenn Robinson. So the question is in the middle, who would you rather have Natty Zubach, who is 73 ESPN, <laughs> 14% owned or mellow? Uh, fuck Evika Zubach. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like that's ridiculous. It, I mean, uh, yeah, I just, I couldn't care less. I mean, centers are fungible to me. <laughs> sort I of agree like, with that. And if Mello catches fire, and just Mello can have Mello games. Like, what if he's just sort mm. of the same dude as two Saucy. years ago? What and if? Like, he, there's a possibility he could have a 40-point game. There's no possibility that Avika Zubac could have a 40-point game. So that's a difference for me. Yeah, I there's there was no good there's no good players right in that middle middle in the s- low sixties 
to uh to or the high 60s i guess to mid to high 70s that i figured were a good comparison other than than zubach because everyone else is like pretty solid and and not of the same position i was trying to keep it the same position too wait what's uh what's rj barrett averaging because if it's like 19 and 8 um that's sort okay it's not so it's 15 15 and and 5 yeah yo i feel like Carmelo could do that no problem. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, oh we are talking ourselves fully into Mello here. Also, when do the Blazers visit New York? Uh, wow, all of this is so great. I'm so glad he's back. I'm Fuck so, yes, Mello. I'm so happy he's back. It's just, it's in, in sports in general, right? Sports, you always want something to root for. You want a person to root for, a team to root for. And that's why, like, the early Warriors team, everyone fucking loved because, because it was Steph and Clay and Draymond, and they were, like, all of these homegrown talents, and they were just thriving with Kerr, and you're like, yes, this is a team I can get behind. And then, of course, they added Durant, and I'm not one of these people who was like, oh, the Warriors are dead to me. But, you know, it became a little bit less fun to, to root for them. Uh, Carmelo Anthony back in the league is just someone to root for, someone to enjoy, someone when I'm, when I'm sitting around being like, what do I want to do tonight? What do I want to watch on League Pass? I'm now going to throw on the Trailblazers more than most teams because I'm like, fuck it, I want to watch Melo play basketball. Every single crowd is going to cheer him when they're on the road. Like everybody loves Mello now because he was done dirty and we all saw it. And like, he's obviously a capable NBA player. Um, I think maybe that's the difference to the owners in the NFL is that maybe cap wouldn't get cheered. Mm. Like if he got booed, that would look really, really, really bad. I mean, he should get cheered, but yeah, we're talking about a, a different fan yeah, base here. Right. Um, and, you know, things have changed, but um, I I mean, that could be not a legitimate concern because fuck that. Like, yeah. just give him a fucking job and let him play football because how cool would it be if Colin Kaepernick was playing football? It would be amazing. Uh, it would be incredible. Every single one of his games would have a fucking mountain high rating. oh god yeah how could you so so your your carolina panthers kyle allen just threw four interceptions looked like hot garbage cam newton isn't coming back and playing this season most likely you have a new owner who wants to make a statement about the direction he's taking this team who says no why are you not doing this carolina go get him you know he'd fit perfectly into this offense he looked great in his workout and i know we're talking football on a basketball show but uh we yeah, got Phil Rivers this, just through four picks, didn't we? We got <laughs> now that's a hot take. We got we got Carl Carmelo Anthony back in the NBA. We're now gonna get Colin Kaepernick back in the NFL. Sure. It would be great. I mean, it would be the single best story that the NFL has had in years. So <laughs> it would be. Uh they they should do it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Uh any other thoughts that you would like to put out there about Melo before we move on? He just looks so fucking good in he that does. uniform, man. Like it that's just look- Portland has sick unis anyway. I think that, oh, I I think that can't Blazers, be overstated God. either. Is that he does just it look it fits it him. looks and good. the double zero fits him. I love it. I love this oh James God. Bond thing. You seen this? Number. Everyone's everyone's <laughs> starting to tweet hashtag double oh seven about him, which I am oh, that's here cool. for. Even though you can't hashtag numbers. So I mean, let's get with the times, people. 
But uh, and I'm talking to you, Twitter. Let's let's be able to hashtag numbers, Twitter. Why can't but, you hashtag numbers? I don't know, man. Because Twitter's stupid. Oh, okay. But this is Seems gorgeous. Weird. Carmelo um, Anthony has seven points in twelve minutes. Dude, like I don't even care what he looks like in his first game in a fucking calendar year. Like this is just great. Um, He's also. Do you know what his plus minus is? <laughs> what is it? It's minus eleven. <laughs> so what? Like so, so who what? Cares? Who cares? Yeah. Um, you, just let Melo be Melo, and we're happy with it, dude. They're de- like they're completely fucked. They they needed somebody. Oh yeah. No God. And the, the thing is, is also it's not like like you could have done so much worse than Melo. Mello is going to help Agreed. this team. Mello is not just going to fill in the empty roster spot. Mello is going to be an improvement of the league average. Dude, and if he sucks, then all the haters get to dance on his grave, and we were all wrong to believe and to like this guy who was one of the best stars of his generation and had some of the most incredible scoring games we've ever seen. And, yeah, fuck us. We were yeah. so stupid and wrong. Yeah. If he, if he does if he does suck and the – gd what's the gen gen z is that the current gen oh i don't believe in that bitches who, bullshit like well that's all the ridiculous. young people out there who anytime Melo does anything bad they're like oh my god carmelo anthony overrated go back and just put on his nuggets highlights and you tell me if that motherfucker is overrated i didn't know that the kids hated on Melo. why did they hate on Melo? i don't know because kids are stupid man kids are dumb uh he he's been done wrong in his career like been, or, i mean, I mean granted, he shouldn't granted, have forced himself from right, the nuggets right but. he started off he started off doing things wrong and then from that point onwards got done wrong yeah but he's still he's a player who at his apex was in the same conversation as lebron and Hell D-Wade. Yeah. and you know, he's one of the best natural scorers that I've ever seen in my I whole remember, life. I remember playing NBA Live 2005. Mello was on the cover, and he was a goddamn cheat code. It was gorgeous. Yeah, he's just absolutely sick. Um, he he just didn't evolve his game, yeah. and that's something that you need to do in any sport and really in anything in order to keep improving and to stay current with the times like you know defense aside you you he should have leaned into the outside game Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. more yeah all right before we go on we are going to take a quick ad break get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a netflix live event happening may 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, all right, so clearly Melo returning to the NBA is the best thing that's happened, you know, 
in in this month in this season. But personally, what well, have you Blake loved? came back. How dare what, you? Well, there you go. What have you loved so far this NBA year? We're we're about a month into it. What have been? Give me one or two highlights for you of things that you've found yourself really loving about this season so far. Okay, so my favorite thing of the NBA season so far is that the Chicago Bulls are fucking ass. <laughs> they are so bad, and it's so awesome. Fuck them. Go uh, Pistons. When I, when I they're sent my, garbage. When I sent they're, my, uh, they're, my oh. ideas for the podcast to you, I should have been like, hey, let's keep these uh, not personal. Even though one of mine is personal, so I guess I guess I can't speak. Either. I mean, I have a real favorite <laughs> yeah. thing as well. You know, we always no, have two gotta, things gotta, for everything, always... just in case and one exactly. of us steals and, the other. Well, and one of them tends to be. I mean, one of mine is spoiler alert, Celtics related, and the other one is not. No, so you're always you always got one thing that's you know fan favorite, and one thing that uh, the doctor putting on the spectacles, but. Uh, listeners to this podcast might be a little surprised because I do like the individual players on the Bulls. And before the season started, I thought that they were an absolutely solid team and I was almost certain they'd make the playoffs. Um, so I'm really happy as a Pistons fan that they look totally fucking rotten. Um, <laughs> but I am a little bit surprised. I mean, oh, I guess Jim Boylan isn't this genius coach that people were whispering about before the season. But let's have some stats here. They're, they have a worse point differential than the Cavaliers. Um, they score less than the Pacers. And they have the third worst true shooting percentage in the NBA. Only Orlando and the Knicks are worse. They suck, man. You, you never want to be below the Knicks in anything. They're, I, yeah, I think they've lost to the Knicks. Like, they're absolutely fucking hot trash, and it's awesome. It's so great because they were a direct competitor to Detroit, and now that's one less team I have to worry about. Having said that, um, you have enough talent on this team that you shouldn't be this shitty. So this is a serious <laughs> problem for Chicago. Yeah. I mean, Otto Porter's uh, hurt right now, I believe. Um, but is he really the reason why this team sucks? No. No, Laurie Markkinen doesn't is look not, good. Not doing anything. He doesn't. Uh, he is. Okay, well, he's one of my duds. He's maybe my dud. And it's for this reason. Um, on the season, he's thir- shooting 36% from the floor and 26% from three. He's this is his third year, so you know, take career for what it's worth. But he, the previous two seasons, he's shot 43% from the floor and 36% from three. I think he's injured, yeah. Well, he was dealing with it all last year, he's been dealing with injuries for most of his career now since coming into the league. Like, this is the team just doesn't look good at all. Kobe White is taking maybe way too many shots, (laughs) um, and Well, there's individual good fantasy players on this team. I, I, they, I'm really kind of surprised. I thought Chicago would be better than this. Yeah, no, I did too, and they have not. And been it's bad. great. I love it. <laughs> and we're loving Fuck it. <laughs> um, I have to, since we're doing loves, I have to give some love to my Celtics, and I already alluded to this. Do it, dude. But, yeah. Hey, you know they've got the best record in the NBA. Best offense, top 10 defense. Kemba Walker has stepped in 
beautifully at point guard and is showing those flat earthers out there that yes, you dumbass, the globe is round as shit. Jalen Brown got the bag shit and is now round is now (laughs) casually averaging 19 a game. Jason Tatum goes one for 18 and then hits the gym and averages 21 across his next four games. Marcus smart is going to win defensive player of the year and the three point Mm. shooting contest. Grant Williams and Carson Edwards are making all the other 29 teams regret letting them fall in the draft. Taco falls dunking on middle schoolers in G league. Time Lord is swatting around the living shit out of every ball that comes, has the audacity to whisper by the rim, all while Gordon Hayward nerds out on his Xbox, getting healthier, channeling 2016 Utah Hayward, and most importantly, getting closer to the daughters he's so damn thrilled to have. This is the best version of the Celtics, the two guys <laughs> who know and thrive in their roles with Brad Stevens' capable hands expertly maneuvering the joysticks. Wow. That was incredible. Thank you. I am very excited for this team. This team is fun to watch again, and I am here for it. Oh, damn. What a fucking burn. Jesus Christ. Last year was... (laughs) It's now worth watching. It is now worth watching this team. I get it. It was not Um, during the... They play... Yeah, they play happy now. Right. Like They play fun. They play like... They're happy to show up to work. This team... Yes, yes. This team cares. Everyone on this team loves each other and will play for each other. And that, I mean, God, by the end of last year, that was not at all true. Um, I will say this. You ever... I mean, I love Marcus Smart. You know that. Everyone Everyone who's ever listened to any podcast that we've done knows that. You can't let him take the last shot in that game. No. That that has to go to Tatum. It absolutely or Kemba. I, I mean Kemba was tied up but like Yeah. You you can't let Marcus Smart do that. <laughs> I mean there's I know nothing it's better maybe than just the Marcus the play Smart collapsed and like whatever and it almost went in but like the the point isn't that it almost went in even if it had gone in he should not be the guy that's taking the last shot in the game in that position. Like yeah. you, you, you have to be able to either have Tatum get a foul <laughs> or, you know, like that. So I don't think we're ever going to see that again. <laughs> no, but like, that's totally fine to have that happen now in early sure. mid November. And then they are like, okay, we're going to start crafting plays to make sure that the ball does get, to Tatum, Kemba, or even Jalen. Jalen, man, has been dude, yeah, killing it this year. Yeah, like, and not hating on Smart. It's just that no. he's not the closer. You good Marcus basketball Smart. teams know who their closers right, are. Right. Like those, are, they know where to get the ball to. Yeah. And that's the Marcus sign Smart of like, will close it for you on the defensive end, and then you get the ball out of his hands on the offensive yeah. end. And plays collapse and shit happens. Absolutely, yeah. it's just you know, like that's a game you could have won. You know, all you needed was one bucket. Um, so that hurts, uh, but it probably won't happen again. So that's yeah. fine. Yeah, I love Boston too. I think that they're a really dangerous team. Um, I kind of wonder though, like what what are you going to do against Giannis in a seven-game series? Oh, I'll just put Marcus on him. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> right, totally. I mean, what position can't Marcus guard? It's true. He guards centers sometimes, which is fucking awesome. Um, I love it. No, you're right. I mean, I think, I think, but that's going to come down to Brad create. I mean, he was able to do it with Baines and they created the wall with Horford to slow him down. And obviously you're not going to be able to do that because you don't have Baines or Horford anymore. And Cantor hate to break it to you. Not going to be creating a wall there. Um, 
but I think I'm, there's plenty of time for them to figure that out and to kind of solidify it and, and hope and also, you know, maybe hope for a little luck and let's have the uh, Bucks get knocked out before we have to play them in the playoffs. You're going to play either the Bucks or the Sixers and both of their, you know, tallest dudes are, oh, well, I guess Giannis isn't the tallest, but like Embiid can hurt you too. Like you Bro, guys yeah. need to trade for a center. You just I have know. to. Or Time Lord know. just needs to take a jump like 13 flights of stairs and suddenly become the best center in the in Like the who would you, would you want like Valanchunas or Vucevic. See, I think I think the guy who the Celtics have always had their eyes on, and by always, I mean like the last year, year and a half, is Clint Capella. I think if the if but the, why would Houston do that? Because if the Rockets just fall apart, if this experiment oh. is not going to oh, work, then the Celtics, <laughs> right. then Danny Ainge is just going to be like, all right, here's whatever you want. We're taking Clint from you. Okay, if if one of the six best teams in the whole league, like everyone dies hey man, all except <laughs> Clint Capella. Then they'll maybe trade him to you. Yeah, we should we should quickly touch on the fact that James Harden is averaging thirty nine points per game. Yeah, we should. Somehow um, this guy got better. Mm, How is I that mean, possible? I don't know if he's better. He might just be doing the things that he's good at even more. Um, I think MJ averaged thirty seven points per game when he scored three thousand in a season. Uh, Harden can do that, and if he does that, he should win the MVP. And um, I don't think that the Bulls were good the year that MJ did that. But uh, it's such an incredible achievement that it would be historical. Um, you know, no one scored three thousand since MJ, and barely anyone had done it. It might just be Wilt actually mm-hmm. uh, before that. So. Uh, Harden could be having one of the best seasons ever. It doesn't really seem like Westbrook being there hurts them too much. No, clearly. So I still, I always have this problem with the Rockets where I just like really don't believe in them because I think that. I think it's safe to not believe is really suspect. Right. I think it's not. Yeah. I think it's safe to not believe in them as like a title contender, but I think in the regular season, it is safe to believe that James Harden and Russell Westbrook and this offense can continue to be one of the best in the league. Harden's going to be the number one player in fantasy. No, no problem. No questions asked. The guy, the guy is shooting more and all of his percentages are lower than than his career average oh yeah, yeah yeah like everyone is like why are you shooting so many threes when you're not hitting them he's like no 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 no. when i start hitting them it's gonna be terrifying right <laughs> like he might average over 40 a game uh by the way the second most uh points per game by Giannis is nine points lower than harden Giannis that's... is averaging 30 and harden is averaging 39 so that's, that's just, cool just that's <laughs> That's cool. Oh, well, let me ask you this. Yeah. In a seven game series between the Bucks and the Rockets, mm-hmm. who would you take? Oh, I'd still take the Bucks. Interesting. Because no one on the Rockets can guard Giannis. Because no one on the Rockets can guard Giannis. And I just, for, I mean, we've seen it the last three playoffs for the Rockets where when you were live and die by the three and the three's not there, you can't do anything. 
and for the Bucks, if the three's not there, it's like, great, we'll just give it to Giannis, you know? Like, I, honestly, it's Giannis, do your thing, and then when you're getting triple team, kick it out, and the three will always be there. Um, and I, yeah, and I just have the utmost faith that if if you are playing in a game, a series of seven, right, this is, I think, I mean, I know Bill Simmons says this all the time, but I think this is a pretty classic way to to look at a NBA game of seven series it's best player who has the best player and that team is most likely to win. And sure. The best player of there is Giannis. I think that Harden could win in that series. And I think that they could win in the playoffs if they focused more on getting to the charity stripe than they did on threes. Mm-hmm. I think that Westbrook and Harden can both get to the line pretty fucking easily. Oh yeah. And that's what they should focus on because, well, Westbrook can't shoot from the line. His whole rhythm was screwed up when they changed the rules a couple of years ago. But they they have to focus on not depending on threes. Right. Like, if right. you want to play the analytics game, that's great. But that means, like, shots from three feet away from the basket and shots from, you know, 30 feet away from the bat. Well, it's you you really can't just be three-point dependent it's right. not going to work right right no exactly and that's what's thwarted them in the past and maybe they'll learn maybe maybe this team will be constructed a little bit differently or the offense will have a little more focus on that intermediate game and getting to the rim which would be great for them in terms of actually making a push i mean you're seeing it a little bit from harden westbrook not so much but harden is currently averaging a career high in free throw attempts he's got 14.5 yeah. per game which is just ridiculous 88 yeah. percent from the line that's the guy, what you want he is he is shooting 14 threes and 14 feel feel free throws a game what is this oh my god he's so damn good this is another thing that is one of my favorites of the nba season is that you can see several different teams trying out different strategies mm. to mm-hmm. try to hack the league. Yeah. Um, people are using analytics in different ways. Uh, one of the Rockets' main competitors, the Lakers, is uh, going another way in terms of efficiency. They are a top five team in every stat category in terms of dunks or shooting close to the rim. And it's because those are the most efficient shots to take. Those will always give you the most points per per possession. Um, So the Lakers are like tops and dunks, like three of the top 10 players and dunks are on the Lakers. They're just, they're not driving, which is weird. And they can't shoot from outside very well, but what they can do is use their height and like bully you inside. And it's just dunk after dunk, after dunk, after dunk. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and LeBron just like orchestrating this whole crazy, weird anti-Warriors, like being well, it makes slow sense when you've got interior. And Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. Like you got a bunch of bigs there who, and the only three-point shooter they got is Danny Green. Yeah, he's literally the only guy that can shoot from outside on that team, which is a serious problem. But for the regular season, this is a nice little hack. Because everybody is taller and they don't give a shit about spacing unless it means that, like, some guy, like, can't post up or, like, jump for an alley-oop. 
like you you need a smaller amount of space if you know that you have the height advantage and can just jump over dudes. So Anthony Davis is dunking like twice as much as he did last year or something crazy. Like he's and LeBron's averaging what 11 assists per game. Yeah. Oh, and they're not shooting from outside. Yeah. Like all of these assists are assists that occur like within the three point line. So all of this is really funny. Um, But you can see that it is beneficial to the Lakers because they're so tall. So they don't have to run as much and they don't have to drive to the rim, which beats you up. They're shitty at free throws, but you know, like whatever. Um, So for the regular season, it's great for the playoffs, maybe not so much, but they're using numbers in a different way than the Rockets use them. And in a different way than the Warriors did. And I guess in a different way than the Chicago Bulls do. (laughs) (laughs) You can't help yourself. Thank you very much. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Should we do studs and duds? Sure. Let's go. Boom. For those who are new to the show, we do this every week. We give a player who's set to have a great rest of the week, a stud. Player who's going to struggle, a dud. And then we uh, like to spice it up and sometimes add a player who we want to keep watching play, a bud. Uh, so congrats to Natty last week for getting in the win column. Mark Smart yes. having a good, a good conclusion of the week for you. Welcome uh, aboard. We are not sinking. We can actually float a little we bit. We can do this. And then uh, Smart got injured. And then Smart got injured. So, well, luckily, luckily he got you. He got you the win, and then knew that he he could retire. And then he was it, done. Yeah. His services were no longer needed. God, please don't be hurt. Please, would, please, uh, please don't. That be would hurt. crush me. Uh, so Natty's rocking the one and three record, and yours truly two and mm. two, fifty percent. Still killing it like a champion that I am. Uh, job. Natty, who's your stud for this week? Okay. So you put out the forecaster for the week every Monday, yes, which is sir. a very valuable resource. Everyone should check it out. Um, and so I am going to quiz you on your knowledge of the Ooh. forecaster that you did. Okay. I'm, My I'm, stud I'm for the week, and I hope you don't have the same guy. Uh, plays the next three games against the Cavaliers, the Bulls, and the Sixers. Do you know who my stud is? Cavaliers, Bulls, and Sixers. Um, I don't know who the player is, but I, that's the Heat. Right, it sure is. Okay, who and plays on the Heat? Who plays on? I mean, Jimmy Buckets, presumably. You're goddamn right. Your He's playing the Bulls <laughs> and the Sixers over the next three games. Oh, Jimmy Buckets! Is you better fucking like believe he's up for those games. Are you kidding me? He's gonna score all the points, every oh single God, last one, and he's gonna good point. have like 97 different assists in each game. God damn, he's looked. That I mean, team. he's looked great. Ugh. He's looked great. You are you are making a very good point here. If there's anyone in this NBA league who is going to just want to absolutely eviscerate yeah. any teams. I mean, who cares about the Cavs, but they're also bad. Like, there's <laughs> this is this is a chance to really fucking announce yourself nationally and just have like three 30-point games in a row. And I think the Heat will beat. Philadelphia 
and I, I think it. I, I think that, that just because of Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Jimmy Butler is going to just take it upon himself to destroy. Yeah, to yeah. fuck that team hard with a hammer. <laughs> like he wants. There's a case to be made that the Eastern Conference this season is not about Giannis. It's about Jimmy Butler. Is he as hey man, good we've been saying it all says, off season. Totally right. So, like, th- I, I mean, I guarantee you that they have a top four seed in the East because they will win their division. But what if they're the two seed? You know, like, mm-hmm. I still think Milwaukee or Philadelphia will have the overall number one seed. But after that, man, I don't know. The Heat look good. They look strange, but they look good. They do look good. They do look good. And Jimmy Buckets is i'm loving this now this is a great this is a great rest of the week to track like i don't even care about the numbers i just no, looked there's at the no stats schedule needed. and was like oh wait a second oh wait he's playing <laughs> two of his old teams all you needed was the timberwolves on there yeah, like, yeah. Fine. oh man uh, who's your stud uh my stud is one of my favorite players in the nba i have to i have to give him some love because he's been playing pretty well so far this year and so gotta Love it to see, love to see him succeed. It's Isaiah Thomas starting for the Wizards over nice. the last six games, averaging eleven point eight and five point three assists, and he's got a great two, three, three great matchups this week. Uh, he's playing the Spurs, who are allowing the seventh most points to point guards, Hornets, who are allowing the seventh most assists, and the Kings, who are allowing eleventh most points. I think he's just going to get you a good, solid production rest of the week. Right on. That's great. Yeah, plus I, you know, they have I, the number one offense, the Washington which Wizards. Is preposterous. It's fucking ridiculous. But like, if they keep it going, <laughs> Jesus, who says no? I mean, they'll trade it in a heartbeat. Which will, <laughs> oh, God, God I, where could he I, end up? I hope Jesus. it finds a team that doesn't. I mean, I know every piece, unless you're like an absolute superstar, every player is tradable. But it'd be nice for him to. I don't know, not get shipped around a lot. And I know we started it and I, I apologize. Agree. Yeah. Uh can I do one more stud? I mean, yeah, it's not it, it won't be my record. official stud, but <laughs> okay, just to do yes. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is just sort of an opportunity play. Um the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie has been out with a shoulder, and Karis Levert is out for a while. In their stead, Stencer, Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, has been starting. He shot 21 times in their last game. Um, this is just a dude like their next three games. The Nets are the Hornets, the Kings and the Knicks. Oh yes, please. If Kyrie is out, then I don't see why Spencer Dinwiddie couldn't have a fucking great old time over the next couple of games. Cause I 21 totally times in a game is, uh, that's healthy eating. <laughs> that that's pretty lot nice. Of buckets. Yeah, I like that call a lot. Uh, who's your dud for the week? Okay, so I said this earlier. I just think the finisher, Lori Markinen, looks bad slash injured slash something else is going on. Um, I don't like – he plays the Raptor, or, uh He plays Detroit, Miami, and Charlotte. Miami's going to be tough. Detroit could be tough. Um, Blake's back. Sh- he plays defense yeah. occasionally. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love that Blake's back. I, I don't want them to play him too much. Although playing Laurie Markinen might not be that difficult right now. Uh, and then the bulls play Charlotte who they have a bunch of front court players that can, 
you know, not capably guard him, but if he's being shitty, then who cares? Um, another player that might not have a great week, Aaron Gordon and the Magic mm. are playing the Raptors and the Pacers. Those are bad matchups for Aaron Gordon. That's Pascal Siakam and, yeah. you know, Demonis Simonis. So I would stay away from those players over the next couple of games. You're really testing uh, the, or, or at least my record with picking European big men as duds. I can tell you, I am 0 for 2 doing that. <laughs> yeah, sure. But that's only because you haven't chosen Laurie Markinen yet. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> I haven't picked the right one. God, watch him score 40, which <laughs> would be great because I want him to be good. Like, right. I really don't want him to be injured. I don't want the team to just be sort of fucked up more than anything. No, you, you know, want, I do you like bat, these players. You want, your, like, you want your number one rival to be good so that when you beat them and when they, like, lose heartbreaking games, you're like, yes, you deserve this. Uh, rival is adorable. They're not our rival. We don't oh. have rivals. We're the oh. Detroit fucking Pistons. <laughs> Thank you very Sorry. much. Sorry. Speaking um, of which, oh, all right, let me quickly get my dud, and then we have something yeah. to celebrate after that. Um, my dud for the week, I hate myself for picking this, but Jason Tatum... I just know hmm. that Kwai is Ouch. sitting out resting for this game Wednesday against the Celtics. He's going to come back fully healthy and just like take it to Tatum. I just know this in my bones of bones. And if not, even if he doesn't, because my phone while I was while we were doing this just beeped and was like, Kwai is questionable. PG-13 has been playing out of his goddamn mind to start. Oh, yeah. And so oh, yeah. I think that they're the Clippers have been shutting down small forwards. And then he goes up against Will Barton and the Nuggets, who've been holding small forwards to 17 points per yeah. game this season, which is Interesting. tops of the league. So, and we've seen poor, we only saw one poor outing from Tatum, but I still think that I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, it's not going to be crushing and terrible, but like maybe he is fluctuating between like 12 and 14 points during those games, as opposed to the 20 that he's been averaging. You know, I was thinking about Tatum a couple of days ago and why uh, people seem to vary in their opinions of him from day to day. And I think it's because people treat him like he's a lot older than he is. Yeah. I think people think he's like 27 and he's 21, which is like fucking absurd. He he just sort of looks as a player, like someone who's been around for a while. Right. Strangely, even though he'll make really stupid decisions. But like, that's what his calling card was coming into the league was that like, he had a very refined offensive game. It could just like plug and play, didn't really need to work on anything. And so with that kind of play style, everyone's like, Oh yeah, this guy's been in the league for a while. Like, you know, you've, you've got four or five or six years under your belt and you're, you're in your mid twenties and you've got everything. Like the fact that he is just touched 20 years old, you know, his early twenties, oh, yeah. you're like, what? He's got so much time. And, and that should allow him to have a much longer lo- uh, rope and leash when, when you're c- coming with expectations for him. And after the playoffs two years ago, we all just sort of christened right. him as like, oh, cool, you're a down ballot MVP in your future, and right. you'll be at the very least second team all NBA. Um, and, you know, the Celtics will win 60 plus games, and you guys are unstoppable. Yeah. That didn't happen uh, because that's a weird thing to say to a fucking 19 year old. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, man, you're the future of the NBA, and you're going to do well. 
They're like, oh, okay. By the way, here's another guy who felt that way, and then LeBron stopped on his career. Mm-hmm. And, and then he stopped well, on and elevated potatoes. it. I, I shouldn't say stopped. Like, Kyrie will never have as good a chance to win as he had with LeBron. Um, so, oh, who's your bud? Do you have a bud this week? I don't have a bud this week. Nah. I just okay. have studs and duds. Do you have a bud? I do have a bud. A all guy right. that I love, but yep. who has not played well at all. Hit me. Mike Conley yes. is shooting 36% from the floor. He's averaging four assists per game, 14 points per game. He's shooting 32% from three. Over the next couple of days, he plays the Timberwolves, the Warriors, and the Pelicans. Those are winnable games. They also present opportunities for him to do well. I'm really hoping that he does. And if he doesn't, I think that's very concerning, especially against the Warriors. Like the, I feel like the Jazz should be treating the Warriors game as like we do this. Like Mike Conley's going to score thirty points, right? Like just feed it to him. You know, like we we're not going to lose to this game. They they to this team. They better fucking not. So like, let's get him going. Um, and if he doesn't, then I don't really know what to say because he doesn't look good. No, he really doesn't. Um. Natty, yes, as sir. a Pistons fan, we have to celebrate it because today is its 15th birthday. Huh. You know what happened 15 years ago? Is this the malice? The malice in the palace. And so I have to ask you, because we asked this question <laughs> on Twitter, to celebrate malice in the palace, Natty, which of these three players, those who partook in this epic, the greatest sports fight you will ever witness on live television, who would you least want to get in a fight with? Ron Artest, Ben Wallace, Jermaine O'Neal. Ron Artest. Interesting. Interesting. I feel like What's Ben Wallace answer? is the clear answer. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? Big bet. Whoa, whoa, wait. Did I hear that? Who do, who's the least you want to fight? Who would you least want to fight? Oh, sorry. It's Big Ben. I oh, was yes. like, who's who's who out of them would you fight the best i guess like okay. no big ben is the last person you want to the fight in the last world. person you want to fight yeah, is yeah. ben wallace ben yeah. wallace he guarded shack he's he like five <laughs> inches shorter than shack he's incredible he's, he's absolutely amazing he's one of the best pistons ever oh my yeah god yeah it and won't, sucks and won't, he played for chicago won't Fuck. blink an eye he won't blink an eye about it It'll like rip your spine out jermaine o'neill's a tough dude but uh and so whatever it but don't ever go at Big Ben Wallace. No. Don't ever do that. No, you did. You, unless you want your head ripped off your body, you don't go at Big Ben. I mean, he's one of the best defensive players who's ever lived. And so, one of the best Afros who ever lived. Dude, in his jump shot, it always looks so, <laughs> so painful, but it was so always bad. so sort of nice because it was like, yo, well, you're wide open and you play basketball and I've seen <laughs> you make them before. But God damn it, I can't help but get terribly like, scared by this. It just jump took oh, longer than it gone. should have. But, oh, man, you were just like, yes, no, shoot it. Try. <laughs> uh, I missed anyways, those. I think we had to celebrate probably. One I of the appreciate biggest, that. Thank you. I remember where I was and what I was doing. Really? That oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, story was, time. Okay. Um, I was strangely in Florida on business. Uh-huh. like for work sure and uh i didn't get to watch the game live and you know i had some rinky dinky ass cell phone and i had had it turned off and so as soon as i was done with what i was doing 
um, I turn it on and, you know, like my brother and everybody from back home in Michigan has been like calling like, what the fuck? Why are you answering the phone? Are you seeing this? And I had no idea what the hell was going on. And so I get back to my hotel room and I start calling people and I speak to my brother. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? How do you not know? Everyone in the whole world knows what happened. And so I missed the game. I instantly called around to find out like where there was a bar or something and nothing was open. So I just waited up until two in the morning when ESPN would re-air it. And uh-huh. I watched it the second time okay. and it was amazing. And it was incredible. <laughs> and, I, all I, and I had just been watching highlights, you know, before then. So it was like, oh, I actually get to watch the game and see why the fuck this happened. That's weird. <laughs> It's uh, it's still incredible. I mean, it's I one of the most. Of it. it is it's, one of the most absurd things to ever happen in sports. Dude, Rick Carlisle was like the coach of the of the Pacers and the Pistons. Like the whole thing is really it's strange. Just, it's yeah, it's amazing. Uh, if you are one of those youths who think that Carmelo Anthony is bad at basketball and you don't know what we're talking about, go watch Malice in the Palace. Uh, can I uh, mention a couple of other players that are fantasy worthy mentions? Of course. Before we go. Before, yeah. And especially since the Blazers are playing them right now. So the Pelicans, everybody on the team has been hurt and has missed games, really, except for JJ Redick and Drew Holiday recently. Um, over since, uh, since November 9th, J.J. Redick is averaging 22 points per game, five-plus three-pointers made, 10-plus three-point attempts, and he's 50% from three. Drew Holiday is 20-plus points per game, five-plus rebounds, eight-plus assists, and he almost had a triple-double granted against the Warriors. Um, Both of them are shooting great from the line. Everybody else seems to be missing games on this team, and they're stepping up if... Either of those guys is available in your league. I would go pick them up pretty fucking hard because it looks like they're the old vets who know how to play through the grind of an NBA season while all the other young dudes are like having to sit out some games. Also, Brooke Lopez has had five blocks in each of the past two games, and he's number 32 (laughs) on the player radar for the season. Just wanted to mention it. Just letting you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In case you like players like that. In case, you know, those guys could do something for your fantasy basketball team. Just saying. Well, there you go. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We are everywhere you could get podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, the Fake Teams podcast channels where you'll find us. Uh, Make sure to subscribe to leave a review. Give us five stars because you love us. Uh, And follow us on Twitter at the long two podcast. We will be back at you next week. Uh, Until then, Natty, have yourself a good week. Hello. Absolutely. Dude, nationally televised game on Thursday, too. This is great. Welcome back, man. Right on. Have a good week, dude.